I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So let's continue our teaching on watching and praying. So how does the watchman pray? The watchman asks, Man is God's avenue into the world, therefore it is necessary to ask. Ruth Bell Graham once said, God has decreed to ask in response to prayer. Ask, he commands us, and Satan trembles for fear that we will. When we ask of God, God responds, and he gives us the petitions that we desire of him. Why do we have to ask? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says that Satan is the God of this present age, and he has blinded the minds of those that believe not. So Satan is the God of this world, but through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he has given the authority back to the church. The Bible says in the book of James that we have not because we ask not. So if we want to accomplish something or, or get in agreement with God's vision, we've got to ask of God because Satan is legally here. Isaiah 44, 3, I love this. Here's a promise. Here's a vision. Uh, I will pour water on those that are thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. That's God's vision. That's his purpose. That's his desire. That's what he wants to do. But then it goes on to say in Zechariah 10, 1, ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says, ask and it shall be given you. So we have to ask. What else? How else does the watchman pray? The watchman put God in remembrance of his word. Remember, as a watchman, you're an intercessor. You plead the case before the throne room of God, and the law that we use is the word of God. We don't pray our own will. We don't pray our own desire. We find out what God desires. We find out his will, and what we do is we pray the will of God, which is the word of God. Isaiah 43, 26 says, Put me in remembrance, let us contend together, state your cause that you may be acquitted. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word, the word of God is so powerful on so many levels, especially when it comes to prayer. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. So when you pray the word, the word of God goes up before the throne room of God, the throne of grace in the courts of heaven, and God stands up on his throne and he responds to his word. God and his word are one. Jeremiah 1.12 says, I will hasten my word to perform it. So when you get into agreement with God's word and you speak his word in prayer, God said, I'm going to respond to my word and I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. The word of God is a spiritual weapon. It's a weapon against the enemy. When you speak the word of God, the enemy must flee. 
How did Jesus overcome the devil and the temptation? He kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. The word of God is an incorruptible seed and it has the power to put the enemy to flight. Not only that, but the word of God, God hears his word and he responds to his own word. Okay, Psalms 107 verse 20. How do the watchmen pray? We pray the word. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from destruction. Job 22:28 says, "You will decree a thing and it shall be established." Really, Margie, I will decree a thing and it will be established. I've only been born again 6 months or a year, you know, and maybe someone that's listening has only been born again three months. You mean I can decree a thing and it will be established? Yes, you can decree a thing and it will be established because it's not your thing, not your word, it's God's word. And no matter where you are at in your spiritual maturity, God will perform his word when you pray his word. So you can speak the word, you can declare a thing, you can decree a thing in the place of prayer, and God will respond to his word. Faithful is he who's called you, faithful is he who has promised, and he will make, he will back up his own word. Okay? Now, the watchmen are relentless. This is how they pray, and they, listen, relentless. And I have a lot of friends I'm connected with and associated with that are relentless, just like I'm relentless. We refuse to give up. We refuse to quit. We have thoughts of discouragement or fear or despair come in our minds, but we don't give place to the devil. The Bible says neither give place to the devil. Remember, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God or the word of God. So when those thoughts come at your mind and pierce your mind, use the weapons of your warfare, which is the word of God, and speak to the enemy and command him to leave your mind in the name of Jesus. I call that spiritual warfare. He is especially attacking in the day and in the hour that we are in today, watchmen, intercessors, prophetic people who have made a decision they're going to follow Jesus all the way. He, why does he, how does he fight us? A lot, of, a lot of what I hear him saying is I hear him, the devil, trying to get us discouraged, trying to get us off the wall, trying to get us moved by what we see. But I'll tell you what, you've got to be relentless. This scripture concerning the watchman in Isaiah 60, Sue said they, they, they didn't even hold their peace day or night. They kept making mention of the Lord. They kept not silent until what? Till he established and made, in this case, Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So that's just a really good reminder for those of you that have had a lot of warfare in your mind. Okay, how do the watchman pray? The watchman gets in agreement with God's vision for revival. It seems like that's the theme of this teaching. Gets in agreement with God's vision for revival and therefore covets or desires the power gifts to be in manifestation. Now, what exactly are the power gifts? There's, there's three... Um, there's three categories of the gifts of the Spirit that the Bible speaks of in the book of Corinthians. There's the gifts that say something. 
which is tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. There's the gifts that reveal something, which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. And then there's the gift that gifts that do something. What are the gifts that do something? We call them the power gifts. Now, we're separating them to teach upon them, but they seldom operate alone. Let me just say that. That's a whole other class. But the power gifts are the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. What I hear the Holy Spirit saying to us as, as intercessors, as watchmen, I hear him saying that it's time for us to begin to covet earnestly that the power gifts be in manifestation. Remember, it's according to your earnest expectation, hope, and desire. It's time for us to begin to stir ourselves up, and it's time for us to desire that these gifts be in manifestation. We've had the prophetic move. We understand how to operate in the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. We understand prophecy. We understand tongues, interpretation. But we have not yet seen the power gifts in manifestation like I believe God wants to do in these last days. I believe he wants to demonstrate himself, and these gifts are the gifts that he desires to pour out in these last days. Well, you may say, well, why do, we, why do we need miracles? Why do we need the working of miracles? Why do we need the gift of faith? Why do we need gifts of healing? Because my friends, listen, again, we go back to the Bible. Many believed on Jesus because of the miracles. So miracles are signs that point people to Jesus, that he is alive forevermore, that he is not dead, that he has risen from the dead. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's alive and he is still in the healing business today. It shows the world and all the other people that worship all these other gods that our God reigns, that we don't serve an unknown God. We serve a Jesus Christ who is alive. When that man was at the, um, at the gate called Beautiful, and he was expecting to receive something from the apostles. What did the apostles say to him? Peter and John, they said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have anything in the natural to give you, but such as I have, give I thee. And they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Now, this man was crippled from his mother's womb. And through the power gifts, his ankle bones received strength. And he began walking and leaping and praising God. And because of that miracle, there was, the Bible says, indeed, that notable miracle went forth. It caused a stir in the city and it caused people to focus their attention on Jesus. And that's what miracles do. When the Holy Spirit was sent into the earth, or is sent, was sent in the beginning, but is still here. When he was sent into the earth, Jesus said he will testify of me. He will take the things of mine and he will show it unto you. He will, a scripture says, he will glorify me. So when these miracles are in manifestation, it brings honor and glory to Jesus. It points people to Jesus who is the key figure in all of God's plan. It points people to the only one that is able to save them from their sin and save them from eternal damnation. It causes people to want to know him and believe in him. So 
we must begin to ask God for the power gifts to be in manifestation. We're going to go on a little side journey here. 1 Corinthians 12.1. This, 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 this whole book was written to the entire church, not just one person. He said to the entire church at Corinth, he said in verse, uh, he said, he says, but earnestly covet the best gifts. That word covet is the word zealous, eager, rivalry, strong passion, or desire for a thing. He was saying, I, I desire that you, I, de, I want you to covet earnestly that these gifts would be in, in, in manifestation. In other words, desire them. You know, we're not desiring these things for ourselves. We're not that stupid, you know. We're desiring these things so that Jesus Christ can be glorified and all these other gods that are proclaiming that they're gods, you know, be put to naught. We're desiring these gifts to be in manifestation so that, uh, uh, that Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's rod, so to speak, gets swallowed up by the rod of Moses. Do you know what that was in, 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 the, in, the, in the ministry of Moses? You know, when that rod swallowed up Pharaoh's rod, that was a working of miracles in manifestation. You know, sometimes we look at the scriptures and we go, okay, Moses' rod swallowed up Pharaoh's rod. But I just want you to understand that that was the power gifts in manifestation. That was a gift of the Holy Spirit in manifestation. Are you listening? The Holy Spirit was upon the prophets, priests, and kings for service. He was never within them, but he would demonstrate himself through these men and women of God. So when Pharaoh's rod was swallowed up by Moses' rod, that was a working of miracles. That was a gift of faith and working of miracles. It was in manifestation that Moses had nothing to do with it except to just be obedient. Are you listening? That's the power gifts. We need to covet those things. When I, uh, I know I'm talking fast, but I have a lot to say, but, and I'm sure you're fine because you can always rewind and come back. When I, 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 when I, when I, I teach a Bible class in, in Faith International Training School, and I have a lot of international students and leaders that come, uh, to this particular school, and my, uh, my subject is actually the Holy Spirit and His gifts, and I find it very interesting that when I read my international students' papers, it, it just blows my mind because so many of them have had the power gifts in manifestation in their country, in their nations. They have had people raised from the dead, literally raised from the dead. You know, miraculous things happen, and, and it's it's more, um, there's more of an occurrence of these kinds of gifts in these other nations. And I believe the reason why they see those things is because they're desperate for God. They don't have anything else to lean on but God. And when you have a loved one that dies, you're going to call upon the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. That word saved means healed, delivered, safety, and soundness. There, miracles should be a natural occurrence to each and every one of us as born-again Christians and children of the King. So I believe, this is the vision I have in my heart. I believe with all my heart, and I believe God wants us to keep writing the vision. I believe with all of my heart that in the United States of America, I believe that we're going to see more and more of the, the, the power gifts in manifestation. Like it was in the days of Catherine Coleman, where she was just, I'm talking miracles. People would come to her meetings, and on the way to her meetings, 
the Holy Spirit would start to come upon those that were desperate and dying, and the power of God would begin to heal them before they ever got to the service. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. This is that which was spoken by the prophets, Joel. And I believe God wants to pour out of his spirit. But as a church, we've got to begin to change our focus, and we've got to begin to desire or covet these things like the Bible says. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Zealous means eagle, eager, rivalry, strong passion for a thing. 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says here, you know, the Apostle Paul, again, speaking to the whole church, he said, desire spiritual gifts. You know that word desire means in the Greek? It means to have zeal for, to be zealous towards. Desire spiritual gifts. Like, what are we doing? I'm cool with prophecy, and I'm thankful that we can see and know and hear, and we need that. We need those other manifestations, especially as intercessors and watchmen. We need to see into the Spirit. We need to know what what the enemy's doing and how to discern him. But let's begin to also covet that these power gifts be in manifestation, because I believe that is is this next move of God that we're going to see in the land. Um, Brother Hagin once said, if we don't covet these, Kenneth E. Hagen once said, if we don't covet these things, we won't see them. Jesus told Brother Hagen that in a vision. I would strongly encourage you to read the book, I Believe in Visions, by Kenneth E. Hagen. He said, we must meet God's conditions. That word covet means to desire earnestly. Kenneth E. Hagen said, a lot of people have desires, but they are not very earnest. How bad do we want it? I want to see the power gifts and manifestations. I see and hear so many people who are desperate for their children's healing, desperate for, you know, a family member to be healed. They're, they're going through chemotherapy. They're, they're going through all this hell. My, my kids have friends that are, you know, in and out of the hospital. And, 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 and I just feel... You know, I just feel like, I don't feel powerless because I know in Christ we have everything we need. But I just feel like, Lord, you, we need you to begin to manifest these gifts. The power gifts, just to give you a quick little lesson, has nothing to do with anybody's faith. When the power gifts are in manifestation, it's the God kind of faith that's in manifestation. The same kind of faith that... When he spoke, the worlds came into existence. The same kind of faith that when he told Moses, lift up the rod, the waters parted. Moses didn't do that. That was God's, the God kind of faith in manifestation. The only thing Moses had to do was step out and obey God. For example, we had a word of knowledge, like I told you in another lesson in our KIU, my event, and the word of knowledge was there's somebody here that's getting healed of such and such and such and such. My part of obedience was to speak it out, and then the person just received their healing. So when these gifts are in manifestation, nobody's faith has anything to do with anything. In Catherine Coleman's meetings, they used to come to her meetings, reporters, people, you know, to try to discredit her. I mean, we've all had that happen. I've had that happen. They make up lies about you. They tell stories about you. It's really the devil. You know, you got to look back at the Bible. The Bible says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? They've set themselves against God and and his anointed. It's just devils, demons, and evil spirits operating through people and against the anointed of God to just make up stories and slander them so that 
that people won't follow them anymore, but basically a lot of these people are following Jesus and just doing the best they can. I would strongly encourage you not to believe everything you hear on the internet. But, um, you know, people would come to her meetings and they'd come to slander her, make up stories about her, and, and, and just reporters. And they were the very ones that the grace of God came on and God healed. That's called grace and mercy. Are you listening? So let's go on. The Apostle Paul said, he said, My speech and my preaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, before Jesus left the earth, you know, you know he began both to do and to teach, and his earthly ministry was coming to an end, and he, he, he goes up into the heavens, and the one thing, one of the, his last words that he said to his disciples, he said, listen, you are going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, I'm sure the disciples remember when Jesus said to them, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Now here we see it happening where he says his final words to them. He says, listen, you are going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm sure they didn't understand everything that Jesus was saying. They didn't understand the fullness of the fact that the Holy Spirit was not only going to come upon them, but live within them. They didn't understand everything. But Jesus said, you're going to receive power. That word power that Jesus used in that particular sentence was the word in the Greek that says dunamis. And that word dunamis means uh, inherit power, ability, might, inherit power, capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo. This is the same Greek word used for miracles. And you shall receive miracles when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting God to pour out his spirit and for the power gifts to be in, act, in manifestation. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me. And I will answer you. I'm not holding anything back. And show you great and mighty things. Okay? Now, before we close, we're talking about how the watchmen pray. We talked about how he prays. He prays the word. And he needs to, uh, he needs to be relentless. He needs to get into agreement with God's vision. And we also have to say something, of course, about tongues. The watchman or the intercessor understands the power of praying in tongues. He understands that when he speaks in tongues, after he's prayed everything else he knows to pray, he understands that when he's run out of anything in his, in his, in his mind and he's prayed all the word he knows to pray, he understands that when he speaks in an unknown tongue, he speaks not unto men but unto God, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries, he understands that when he prays in tongues, that he is going beyond anything he knows in the natural, and he is praying according to the mind and the will of God. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. He spent a lot of time praying in tongues. 
And when you've run out of any, everything you know to pray and you've prayed everything and you've, you're standing there for in the presence of God, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. When we don't know what to pray, and we've prayed everything we know to pray. The Holy Spirit and our spirit together, when we pray, we're praying according to the mind and the will of God. 1 John 5, 15 says that this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, remember when you're praying in tongues, you're praying according to the what? Will of God. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know He hears us, then we know we have the petitions we desire of Him. So basically, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying according to the will of God, you can have confidence that God hears you when you pray and that your prayers are working. Now, before we close, how does the watchman or intercessor protect himself? This is very important. Those of you that are intercessors, those of you that do a lot of praying, I am going to give you a few things I think you need to hear before we close. How do you protect yourself? This isn't in my notes right in front of me, but I'm going to say this to those of you that do a lot of intercession. It's very important that you have a balanced prayer life. We had a recent KIU event, and this most recent one was very different from all the other ones. And in this particular KIU event, instead of, doing, instead of praying the prayer of intercession, we did do a little bit when we prayed for America. We prayed our prayer card. We prayed some things in English for our, our nation. But for the most part, the prayer that we had that particular day was more of a soaking, listening kind of praying. Literally, the Holy Spirit came into the room like he's been doing, and we sat there for about 20-something minutes and just waited on God. And I think it's very important for you that you understand that when you pray the prayer of intercession, that you're giving out you're, you're giving out, just like a person who teaches and preaches or counsels or whatever it is that you do. You're giving out. And it's very important that you remember to replenish yourself. So every day can't be the prayer of intercession. At times you've got to pray the prayer of worship. At times you've got to just wait in the presence of God so he can fill you up. It's a very famous scripture, when you wait upon the Lord, I don't really think this is what that scripture totally means, but people interpret it like this. When they wait upon the Lord, you renew your strength and you mount up with wings like eagles. So it's important that you be balanced in your prayer life. That's self-care. How else do we protect ourselves in prayer? Uh, we need to walk in love. So if you're not walking in love, and you know how it works, you got a crack in your armor, and the devil is going to have his way and try to gain entrance. Because when you have, when you, when, you, when you walk in love, Jesus said himself, there is nothing in me that belongs to you. Therefore, he was completely and totally protected and nothing could penetrate him. Now we're going to have to close here and we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue on our teaching, watching and praying in our next session. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.